Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue going through the Gospel of John. And as we have seen, my, are there not truths here in chapters 13, 14, we're in 15, and they're going, we're going to press on 16 to 17. These are is an extended, I think probably the longest portion of what we would call the red letter part of the scripture where Jesus is speaking. And we saw in the last episode in John chapter 15 and verse 16, Jesus said this to the disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And these things that he's saying to the disciples also apply to us folks, okay? I know there's debate. I know people try to come along and say, well, this is just for them and it's not for us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You have to be real careful how you do that, okay? Real careful. Also, you don't go the other extreme, that everything that's said to them applies totally to, to us and the way that we understand it in our culture. No, 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 you can't quite do that either. So we seek to discern in the Lord. We seek to understand things within the context of the Scripture, within the cultural context, okay, context of what they understood, et cetera, et cetera. But here, it's pretty point blank. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go. So he told me there's a couple of things you're supposed to do. You're to go, and then you're to bear fruit, not just go and not do anything and not bear fruit just in one place, okay? You should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So he had told him, I'm sending you forth. I want you to bear fruit. And you bear fruit, and he's already talked with him uh, previously in this chapter about the branch and the vine and how the branch is in the vine, we're the branch, and he's the vine, and that by doing that and abiding in him, we bear fruit. It's only in abiding in him that we bear fruit. So he says, go, bear fruit, that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Then verse 17, these things I command you, so that you will love one another. Now, as we have seen, Jesus has given this command repeatedly, that they love one another. And he says, I've commanded these things of you so that you will. He's shown them how to love one another, by abiding in him, allowing him to abide in them. Now, Jesus continues on, verse 18. Listen to this. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. You know, sometimes we get a little distracted in the English language of that word if right there. If the world hates you, like, well, it may or it may not. And that's true. The world may hate you in some ways and may not hate you in other ways. <clears throat> but the idea is this, and we see it within the balance of Scripture. The world is going to hate us. We see that in our days today. Everybody thinks we're living in really difficult and horrific times. Folks, this is nothing. Nothing compared to what's happened in the past and definitely nothing compared to what will happen in the future. As a matter of fact, the Lord tells us that in the days yet to come, there's going to be trials and tribulations unlike anything that has occurred before and or will occur thereafter. In other words, the worst days are yet to come. <laughs> well, that's encouraging, isn't it? Well, it's not so much encouraging as that we've been forewarned and we've been told, and we shouldn't be surprised. Why? What well, Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Verse 19, if you were of the world, 
the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Okay? We learn a little more about that choosing thing right there. We learn more about the relationship. He says, if you were of the world, the world would love you because you are of the world. You actually see that, I think, in um, organizational churches. <clears throat> you see it among the religionists, okay? Because the world doesn't hate them, and they don't hate the world. They get along great. They get along fine. You see all this kind of stuff. You can't hardly tell the difference between the two. You know, one's a pagan and one's religious. They seek to do grand and glorious good things together. But you really can't tell the difference between them because they are of the world. The religionists are of the world. But Jesus tells us that those that are chosen by him are not of the world. And it's because of this that the world hates you. And I, you know, I could sit here and tell you story after story experientially of just how uh, the world will erupt in your face quite often for no good reason, right? Uh, you'll see it happen in uh, organizational church committee meetings. I've seen that kind of thing where all of a sudden somebody just erupts at somebody and all this stuff goes on. You think, what in the world? Well, it's because the world hates those who are not of them. And when you seek to do things in the spirit and seek to think, do things in seeking the mind of the Lord, those of the world absolutely will erupt. Now, verse 20, Jesus says this. Remember the word I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. <clears throat> so the idea is this. Uh, don't be surprised because Jesus went through this very same thing, <clears throat> this persecution. And as a matter of fact, we've been promised that. Remember, I mention that all the time. Uh, over in 2 Timothy, we we're told that all who desire to be Christ-like will undergo persecution. Okay, And he's saying, remember this, that a servant's not greater than the master. If the master underwent the persecution, then we should expect that the servant will also. Then in verse 21, Jesus says something that starts with that great word, but. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. And he's letting us know the reason that this is being done is being done on account of my name, that they hate me, that they hate the one who sent me, the Father. And since they hate the Father, and since they hate me, they will persecute you. So we're not to be surprised. We're not to be down and out. We're not to do all this kind of stuff. Let me just read one more verse right here, and we'll be done. Verse 22. If I, Well, maybe two more verses. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Now, Jesus is directly speaking this to the disciples. He is directly speaking this about the religionists of the days, the Jews of the days that rejected him. But the principle also applies to us. They are guilty because Jesus has come. They are guilty because the word has gone forth. They are guilty because there is now no excuse for their sin. They've heard the truth. They've experienced the truth. The last verse, verse 23, whoever hates me hates my father also. And so Jesus is letting them know. And remember this whole conversation, uh, chapter 13, 14, and 15, up to this point in time, he's sharing these last words with his disciples. And don't you know 
that they're being overwhelmed, <clears throat> okay? They're being overwhelmed informationally, okay? They're being overwhelmed at what the Lord is saying, what he's doing, the fact that uh, he's washed their feet, the fact that he's told Peter that, hey, you're going to deny me before sun up, the fact that Judas left out on some strange errand. They're not quite sure what that's all about, though John knew what it was. John knew that he was a betrayer, but he didn't know that he was betraying at that moment. Okay, all this stuff was going. Jesus is sitting there talking about, uh, don't worry, don't fret. I'm going somewhere, and, I, and I'm, my father's house has many mansions, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then he tells them to abide in me, to love one another. This is the new commandment, that you love one another, not as the world has loved, but as I have loved you, you love one another. And they're hearing all this. Now, the great thing is he's already told them, don't worry and don't fret because I'm going to send another. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will bring all this stuff into remembrance. So I wanted to close with that today because I know sometimes all this stuff we're looking at is so overwhelming. Just take it in, folks. Take it in. And when you need it, when you need it personally, when you need it to proclaim it, when you need to share it with somebody, the Lord will bring it to your memory and you'll be able to speak forth the words of life and the words of the kingdom that will uh, transform other people's lives, that will transform your situation and your circumstance and your approach to it, and that will walk you through those things. The Lord has promised to do that. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. Uh, go to my webpage. Check out all the stuff there. Check out that Patreon uh, site, and I'll see you all later. Bye.